Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. What's going on, people? All right. I want to welcome all of you to another special Q on One podcast edition of the Talk to Q radio show. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And without further ado, I will go ahead and get to my guest. She is not a stranger to the show. Most of you will recognize her voice from the Motor City of Detroit. I want to welcome author, show legend, and show hostess, Crystal Hickerson, to the Talk to Q radio show. Chris, what's going on? Hey, Q. How are you? I am outstanding. So, I appreciate you taking the time to do the show. I wanted to bring you on to discuss one of your four novels, um... And yeah, I mean, most people are happy with just one book, but you decide <laughs> to go through this four times. Um, oh, yeah, still going. <laughs> okay. So, but just um, I'm talking about, um, I think it's your newest that you have, The Volunteer. Yeah. And uh, just to give everyone a little background on it, The Volunteer follows um, a character named Jenna Steele, is a woman whose mom died on hospice. And so she decided she wanted to give back, donate it to a local hospice, and that wasn't enough. So she decided to volunteer, and that's where things kind of start. So this book kind of discusses, I guess, what it's like to volunteer in a hospice, gives you some behind-the-scenes look, and to see what the real world of hospice is like, I guess. So can you explain to people, I guess, how this book came to be? What made you decide to give people a behind-the-scenes look at what goes on in a hospice? Well, uh, a of many reasons, actually. I've, of course, worked in hospice for over 17 years now. And what actually got this particular book going is this book is actually um, based um, kind of on a real relationship between um, a volunteer and her patient. And as I was, uh, as the volunteer coordinator or volunteer manager at that time at a hospice, I, she would come to me and talk about this particular patient who had ALS and their relationship had grown past just, you know, um, someone coming to sit with her and a companion with her, which is what volunteers do in hospice. So I was always you know, um, very pleased to hear her story, the volunteer story, um, you know, each time she would report about her. And the relationship was amazing, and it, and it was really beautiful. And I put a picture of them in the back of the book and dedicated the book um, to them. Uh, and there's even a um, passage um, that the volunteer, the real volunteer, actually writes about in, in the book at the end. Wow. The story itself was inspired by them, but it wasn't, um, it's not based on them per se, but the, the inspiration came from how they built such a beautiful relationship together that was really needed, especially for the young woman. And she was only, you know, 
around 55 when she died. So it was a, a great relationship for her, and she had been estranged from her family. And uh, so watching this on the outside made me think, you know, this could be a story. I mean, this could be something that should be told or can be told in a fictional way. I haven't, I've seen lots of books written um, non-fictional based about volunteering of all kinds, about hospice. I haven't seen many written about uh, on a uh, fictional level. So I decided, well, hey, I'm a writer, so why not write it? (laughs) So I did. Okay, and like you said, this is something that you've lived for, what, over 15 years, I guess, you've been in hospice? Yes, and going, still in hospice now. And so how did you get started in that that profession? Well, I am a social worker by trade, and when I began um, after college, began my search for work and all of that kind of stuff, I, you know, I, I started working at a funeral home, and... Uh, because of my background, I started um, helping out with some of the families who were uh, coming to see their loved one, you know, for the first time. Yeah. Know, doing their first viewings. And also assisting with some of the families that were not able to, you know, um, go through the whole process of, of doing their appointment with, you know, um, our director and the funeral director. So through that um, experience, um, as I was going on, and actually my job at that time was office manager, but um, through my experience there, when I was continually looking for work in my field, um, I saw bereavement, bereavement coordinator, which is um, uh, where a counselor would um, counsel people who have lost their loved one through hospice and uh, work on programs and things like that and run the grief support department. And so I applied for that, and that's how I got into hospice. I didn't know what hospice was. (laughs) Um, I had no clue. (laughs) I just knew that, well, it's grief support. I think that that's something that I would be interested in from my own experiences with death and the professional experiences and, of course, you know, um, in my degree. So I said, I think I could do this. So I kind of fell into it, really. And then once I started working in hospice, I really felt this was really kind of my niche in life or part, one of my niches to be with people um, at the end of life and to be there for others who are left behind. Okay. And I get that. And I, I feel like... Um... I don't know how many people seek that out or, I mean, and you can maybe say this from your own experience. Uh, Maybe I should ask the question. Do people seek this type of work out or does it kind of find them? I think some people, some people do seek it out. Um, When I started in hospice, a lot of the um, nurses and physicians, they kind of ended their career in hospice because it was such a, um, it wasn't something that you, as a nurse, as a new nurse, um, you would come into and go, oh, okay, I want to do hospice. Usually it was for people who had been working for a long time. They have lots of experience. And so they've decided this is where I want 
um, to finally go. I, I feel finally I have the maturity, um, the experience now to do hospice. And um, as has hospice has grown over the years and um, has, of course, seeped into the medical society where they know this is something I can do, then there are um, new nurses and people who come on to hospice saying as staff members, this is what I want to do. I want to be a part of hospice. Um, so more people are because they know more about it now, um, that it's something you can do right. in a medical career and, and be a part of it. But it's not for everybody. And a lot of new nurses learn this and new staff members is not for everybody. But um, it's really rewarding for people as volunteers, the people who come to volunteer, a lot of them are students in the medical field. They're, um, you know, physicians, wanting, you know, residents, so, um, new students, uh, so are nursing students. But a lot of uh, mainly physicians, you know, they want to come and they want to learn more about this um, field so they can be better for their patients. Uh, we get a lot of those students, and we also get a lot of people who have had an experience. They have mm-hmm. lost someone, um, and the hospice came in to help them during the last part of their loved one's life. And they decide, decide, I want to give back. I want to, I want to be here for someone, just like someone was there for me. Okay, and um, I mean, just the the job itself can be. Just in my personal opinion, from the outside looking in, can be emotionally draining uh, because mm-hmm. you're not only dealing with certain patients, but you're also, I guess, mainly dealing with their family. And to I can only imagine what certain families go through because everyone handles um, just the thought of someone dying differently. And right. so managing the family and their emotions is that something that you may have learned through your sociology degree or is that something that you just have to have in you no i I think um it you know it can be you know taught i mean there are things um you know of course getting your uh degree in, in sociology social work counseling it would help on a social work level in hospice there's many different disciplines um there's nurses um, of course, there's physicians. Um, usually, there are uh, people who have uh, physicians who have gone on and they've studied more about palliative care, things like that. But I think you do have to have a certain level of compassion and desire. It, it is like a calling. You will hear that many people in hospice who've been there a long time have said, "This was a calling for me. It's not just something that I do, but it's who I am." And I think that after a while it it has to be that or you couldn't do it every day so um so yeah having you know those degrees in order to get those positions is is important but uh, yeah mainly it's it's about who you are inside your your own soul it's a very spiritual thing <laughs> i can understand for that for sure um i would imagine that that would definitely be the case as far as it being something more spiritual than anything but Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so let's return to the book and Jenna, um, mm-hmm. the main character from the book. And, okay, so things kind of start off with 
I mean, her mom is dying, you know, cancer. Yes. Okay. And she has to watch them pull the plug, you know, while she's holding her mom's hand or her mom takes her last breath. Mm -hmm. Uh, the character Jenna, uh, I mean, when I, when I think, when I think about this, I, because I've been through, um, two situations where, you know, a hospice type situation in my personal life. So Mm -hmm. I can kind of relate, but it's not like I ever had, never had to pull a plug or anything of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that like the most, I guess, extreme way to kind of start the story? Because when you, when you look at that, it's like, wow, you're starting off like, you know, chapter one, this lady's pulling the plug on her mom. You know? Well, it had to, cause the story is about Jenna. And so it is about how did she get where she was sitting in the parking lot, you know, wondering what to do. Um, so I had to, you know, let the reader know who who she is and where she's coming from and where she's been emotionally to bring her to this place, you know, um, which is actually uh, a journey that many of the volunteers, as I was saying before, they've had to, they've just been through this. Um, you know, a few years have passed, you know, from there experience and then they decide I want to do something right but of course it uh, it always stays with you and I wanted the reader to understand that you know death is real and death is very real for her and why she's doing what she's doing why she's picking up and doing this journey that she really didn't have to do I mean you know no, none of us have to do any type of volunteering but why this why why would I do this? Why do I need to do this? So I wanted them to understand, you know, why she's doing what she's doing. Okay. So as far as the why I can, I mean, we've already discussed some of the lows from my opinion, as far as just dealing with the families and the emotions they go through. What are some of the joys that Jenna may have gotten out of volunteering for hospice? Well, um, as you read the story, you know, you, you, the main joy that um, she learns is the relationship between her and Sam, um, the character who uh, is dying of ALS. Um, when, she, when they meet, um, they have a, a kinship and a bond, and they build a really a wonderful relationship and, and that travels with the two of them. And plus we also discuss in the book, you know, the other patients that she encounters and things like that. But, um, the joy you get from being with someone, first of all, I think it's such a privilege to be with someone who is, who's dying because they're, they're letting you into the most personal part of their life. Um, you are getting a, a joy of uh, such a, a warmth of just being alive with uh-huh. this person. Um, what we call it in hospice a lot of times is we call it um, human presence, something that we don't really have a lot in our normal life. No one comes and just sits with us, you know, um, when we're sad, when we're hurting, when we're 
um, sometimes even in the hospital, no one's there. Yeah. Uh, and you talked about, you know, the care, the caregiver as a family, you know, I wanted to also put in there, even though with, um, this particular uh, patient, she had parents and everything that I wanted to show the different kind of, uh, grief that they were going through. They were going through totally different types of grief and how they dealt with it. And a lot of times the caregivers are alone and, and no one is there to help them and they are grieving and they're going through this overwhelming thing. And here you have all these people in hospice, the, from the nurse, the physician, the home health aide who bathes them and everything. I mean, all these people coming to assist you and the volunteer who would be there just for you. So it's, it's a really big thing. I, most of the volunteers I've, I've always um, have said, I gained more than what I gave to them. And they gain, you know, just, just the wonder of, of being with someone. The joy is really hard to explain. It's just like, it's asking someone, you know, well, why do you like this person? Or why do you love this person? Or why in the heck do you do what you do? Well, you do it because it, it does enrich you. Um, it enriches your life. And this is kind of what I wanted to to show in the book, how you can be um, build a beautiful friendship, a beautiful love with someone, even though it's only for maybe a few months or a year that you're with them until and then they die. But they still can enrich your life even after death, just by knowing them. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool, and I, I I think that a novel like this really can enlighten people about what goes on. Because for me, I was only there because I had to be there to you know for family. Sure. And so you don't really get to see the other side. I mean, the people come and go, mm -hmm. but you really don't notice it because there's so much going on. I guess. Now, I didn't have too many people who really talked to me or, or anything outside of doctors. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I'm not exactly sure if what I went through is on the level of what Jenna does for people in the book. I, I would think not, just based on what you're telling me. Um, and so, you know what? Uh, not to cut you off, but, you know, a lot of um, cancer groups in the hospital are adopting the um, hospice model now. They're seeing the benefit of having an interdisciplinary team to take care of cancer patients, and not just the ones who are dying, um, but all, because, you know, you go through such uh, an enormous journey, you know, a roller coaster. Um, but so they are realizing that this is something that's beneficial. So not only do I need a physician, my oncologist, or not only do I need, you know, a nurse to help me when, you know, I'm on chemo, but I need someone to talk to. I need, um, maybe I need a, a spiritual counselor. Maybe I need just someone to sit with me um, and, and different things like that. So it is kind of catching on in other areas. And I think that's a wonderful thing. There's a, um, a center here uh, the Carmanis uh, Cancer um, 
center and here in Detroit. And they are one of the ones who are, are really adopting that kind of um, idea. And I think it's catching on just generally because it, with anything, any kind of chronic disease, especially one that may end up being terminal, there are so many things that you you need. And you don't even realize the caregivers, they don't know what they need. They don't know what they want. The patient may not know what they need. But um, but we do. We know that we can. if we can just be there for somebody, then um, that's huge. I mean, it's, it's, it's so huge. And um, not to get into my own um, cancer-related um, issues I had and when I went through breast cancer, but I had people who were there for me um, who just sat with me and they didn't do anything. They just, they were just with me while I was waiting on this or waiting on that. And it was huge. And at that moment I realized how important it really was. I, I didn't even realize it myself, even though I, I've been around hospice and I've been around it, everything, but it's different when you're on the other side and someone is there for you. And it's a, it's an amazing feeling. I think it does make a big difference. And, um, you know, I remember when my mom was, was really sick and my father wouldn't leave. And I'm pretty sure just him being there meant the world to her, you know. <laughs> so you're you're right as far as even if it's someone who may not be family, but anyone that takes the time to talk to you or just sit with you, I, I can definitely see how it makes a huge difference. And, you know, and it also reminds me of um, back when... Um, my late wife, my late wife was getting treatment, uh, chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. I remember this lady used to come through. She was just a volunteer, and she just came through with her dog. Mm-hmm. And yes. I just remember how everyone was so distracted by the dog. Everybody wanted to pet the dog. It was like a Labrador Retriever or something. It was just a happy dog. Mm-hmm. And something as simple as that, I mean, made all the difference in the world for like twenty minutes. Yes, many of those um, volunteers, their pet therapy volunteers, and those dogs have gone through. They've they've been trained and they are certified, and they have a lot of those programs in hospitals, in hospice themselves as well. Um, where yeah, the these these pets, they even have cats. <laughs> you know? Really? Um, yeah, yeah, they do, and so How they do you train a cat. Well, you don't really train a cat. Cats, actually, you know, because they're warm and they come up to you and um, they even have them in nursing homes. They just they're just there. There's pets, you know, for the for the residents. Um, But yeah, but but pets, especially dogs, you know, they um, they provide that kind of a comfort um, without having to speak. And see, that is really important. A lot of times when we go and we, you know, we visit people and we, you know, want to be there for somebody, we always feel that we have to say something. We have to yeah. talk. We have to say this amazing prophetic thing, you know. Um, but you don't. I mean, it's, I remember when I was going through chemo, I, um, heck, I couldn't talk. Half the time I couldn't, you know, get the words to come up. I couldn't, I was just too exhausted, you know, and just ill. So, Sometimes those patients, when they are, you know, at the brink of death, they can hear you, they can um, feel you, but it's hard for them to speak. Yeah. And um, and sometimes it can be very frustrating for them to speak. So they don't, or they may need to keep their eyes closed. So they don't need 
that interaction. And I always tell volunteers when they come in and they the new volunteers they go, Okay, I wanna I wanna meet this person and I wanna interact, I wanna talk and I wanna like, Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> hmm. Someone is dying. So they may not be very talkative. So I have to explain what it means to just be a human presence with someone. And um but yeah the the dogs are amazing. I I would say for anyone who has um, a dog that you know it's a good dog, and they they do have to go through things to be that type of um, of a therapy dog. Mm-hmm. But it's really wonderful. I mean, yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. So, all right, so the volunteer, a novel by Crystal Hickerson. You can get it on Amazon um, on the Kindle app, or you can get it in paperback, uh, whichever you prefer. Uh, what other locations can they find this book and your others, Crystal? Well, uh, everyone can just go to crystalhickerson.com where they can find um, all of my books that are there, uh, The Magician, Street Corners, Wanted, and The Volunteer. And they, um, their synopsis is there. The book trailers are there. So they can take a look at that. And they're all available, of course, on uh, Amazon. All right, sweet. And, of course, I can't let you go about discussing The Crystal Show. Okay. Um, which is, you know, my my, my favorite show. Uh, oh, so sweet of you to say. <laughs> so I usually listen to it in the morning, you know, after I get up and I'm shaving and everything, and I have it going on in the background. Um, I enjoyed the interview you had just recently with, uh, what's his name, William... Oh, was it James? The William author. Turner? Yeah. Huh? William Turner, the yeah. author. Yeah, yes. the author of the murder mystery book. Yeah. Um, I, I wish, I mean, the, the interview was, was very good, and a lot of the things that he discussed I thought were pretty interesting. And um, But as far as your show, it's like your show is back. Um, it's not a, a live show right now. It's a podcast. Uh, how do you like the podcast angle of the show? And, I mean, do you think it's something that you may continue for quite some time going forward? Well, I will continue the podcast because I quite enjoy doing that. Um, I started doing the podcast when we had the have the live show. I did it on the weekends, you know, for the music piece because I was getting so many um, artists, new artists who wanted to come onto the show. And, and so I thought, okay, we're kind of bombarding the Thursday talk show with, you know, all of these artists. I said, okay, let me just do a podcast and I have them come on and we'll interview them and we'll play their music and, you know, and we'll do that. And so they kind of got me into the whole podcast thing and, and then doing some of the commentary that I just think of and go, you know what, I got to talk about this. So I just do a commentary. So I I quite enjoy doing the podcast, although I I really am excited and can't wait to get back doing the live show as well. Yeah, the one thing, I I love the podcast, by the way. I mean, I I enjoy listening to it. The Mm -hmm. only thing that's hard for me is when I disagree with you, I, I have to yell at my phone. I know, right? Because I can't call <laughs> in and like say, "Wait a minute, Krista, really?" <laughs> and you know what's funny about that? I um, I had done a podcast. And I can't remember which one it was, but I I think it was a premiere show. I can't remember, but anyway, I had it on and I did it live. Well, it was kind of live, 
um, and people were calling in. I was like, oh, this is a podcast. It's not, you know, we're not accepting phone calls. So, but I'm sure there were people who wanted to disagree with whatever I was saying at that moment. That's why they were calling in. So it's kind of funny. But yeah, that's the you know that's the thing about um, the podcast as as far as instead of being live. However, I do um, I have a YouTube page. And I put the podcast on the YouTube page as well so people can, you know, post their comments there. If people would like to comment on any of the podcast shows, they can simply, you know, email us at thecrystalshow1 at gmail.com and, you know, put in their comments there or on Facebook. We have a Facebook uh, group. So there's many ways that people can, you know, interact with the show. And, um, but yeah, I, I, we, we can't wait to get back. Dre and I are just chomping at the bit. <laughs> well, I'll be ready whenever you all decide to come back so I can give my two cents and, uh, do all my, t- do all my talking like I normally do and go overboard and get long winded. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. I love to hear you actually talk. Cause on your show, you just say one liners and I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But you you can't get a word in edgewise on your show because, you know, you have so many great callers. <laughs> so, yeah, especially when Eminem's on. So. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's why I made him a feature on my show. Yeah, he loves to hear himself talk. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> All right. Well, I, again, I appreciate you taking the time to discuss the book. The Volunteer by Crystal Hickerson is on Amazon. And, you know, th- again, thanks for taking the time to do the show. And as far as what I I want to do, I I definitely want to read this book. And I'm not sure exactly how how would you categorize a book, um, I I guess. One last question. This book is um, actually, it's more of a romantic drama because there is a little bit of romance in the book, (laughs) quite a bit. (laughs) And and also, of course, you know, the the friendship with uh, her and uh, the patient. But it's it's also a romantic side, and I you know I've been asked, will it continue? Because it kind of left it at the end where you could do another book if you wanted. <laughs> like, well, I hadn't thought about it, but maybe. But um, but yeah, so it's more of a romantic drama. Okay. okay. Not too lifetimey, maybe <laughs> not. I don't know. I don't know. Q, you may. You may read it and go, oh, my God, this is too much romance. I can't take this. This is too girly. This is too girly. (laughs) It may be. If I start growing breasts by the fourth chapter, I'm going to stop reading it. Too much emotion. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely want to get a copy of this book. And Well, let me ask you this. Can I get an autographed copy if I, like, just PayPal you or something? Or Oh, yeah, absolutely. I could just give you one (laughs) if you wanted just an autographed copy. Yes. and, I mean, it is you, Q. <laughs> and um, what I will do for my listeners out there, for those who have a Kindle, um, I will give away five copies of this book on Kindle Ooh. for the people who want to email me at talktoqnow at gmail.com. The first five people, you know, just hit me up and I will make sure you get a Kindle copy of the volunteer by crystal hickerson all right sounds good so and i want reviews (laughs) yeah exactly exactly yeah i have to throw that stipulation in you have to leave a review on amazon and tell her what you think 
Yeah. And tell her yeah. if you think it can be a lifetime movie or not. <laughs> with, As it should be. With yeah. Jenna Steele, even though she's a young woman, played by Meredith Baxter, Baxter Burney, because she plays oh, everybody <laughs> on Lifetime. No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, no. Better her than Fantasia. Oh, oh, see? No, we're not going to go there. I love Fantasia. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Crystal. I appreciate it. Thank you. And that's going to do it for another special podcast edition of the Talk to Q radio show. You can listen to the show live every Tuesday and Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, where we'll discuss relationships, current events, politics, sports, and more. Follow me on Twitter at Talk to Q, or you can even friend me at Thank Q on Facebook. When all else fails, go to TalkToQ.com to get information on upcoming events and sign up for my email newsletter. Everyone have a great day. Peace out. Are you tired of watching TV with the endless reality TV shows and the news one life-threatening virus and terrorist group after the other? And who has time or the money to go to the movies nowadays? What, with the 3D IMAXs and all of that? It's probably cheaper just to catch your favorite stars at their next concert. So what are you going to do? Spend more time with your screaming kids and nagging spouse? Who needs that? That headache. How about picking up a book? Escaping into a world beyond your own. Take a visit over to crystalhickerson.com and check out one or all of her four novels that are ready to be downloaded for only 99 cents. Like a bit of intrigue and fantasy? Then read The Magician, full of twist, turns, and the good old fight between good and evil. Like a story more down to earth? Then check out Street Corners, a gritty, sexy crime novel about a man caught between being a pimp, a businessman, and caught in an ultra-sensuous love triangle. Yummy. Like the darker side of life? Then pick up Wanted, a tale of a woman who awakens from a coma after a violent home invasion that left her 11-year-old daughter dead. She tries to pick up the pieces, but there is someone, or better, something, that has awoken with her. This story is a dark thriller that borders on horror. Like a little more romance? Then read The Volunteer, a heartwarming story about a woman who decides to give back and volunteer with a hospice organization after caring for her dying mother. This yarn not only takes you into her world, but into a behind-the-scenes look at the world of hospice itself. Grab your heart and tissue for this one. Mm, very, very romantic. Four novels by one author, Crystal Hickerson. Find all of these novels on crystalhickerson.com, amazon.com, or anywhere books are sold.